You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Hey, good morning, everybody. For all of you watching online, your High Ridge family just wants to say good morning. We're glad that you could tune in. Welcome, welcome. Grab your Bibles or your YouVersion app and follow along. Deuteronomy chapter 20 is where we're going to get started. If you're new to the Bible, open it up on the far, far left. Just turn a few pages over. You'll find Deuteronomy chapter 20. We don't know how to spell it, but we can say it and we can find it. And it'll help you if you find yourself reading God's word. I I believe that it's important that you don't just take my word for it, that you read it yourself. Somebody say amen. It's good to read it yourself. Deuteronomy chapter 20. I want to get into a message today talking about spiritual warfare. What happens when God fights for you? What happens when we say, you know, God is fighting for me? And I want to make sure that you understand this about about spiritual warfare before we um, dive deep into the scripture. It's important that we understand this, uh, that we, we have a tendency in the middle of warfare, in the middle of sickness or disease or a bad diagnosis, when we're fighting through things that are tough, we have a tendency to fall in love with a pattern, I want to show you this. Uh, We will say stuff like, okay, God, your word says that I do this, this, and this, and you're going to do this for me. But I want you to see how in warfare and how in, uh, when, when God approaches healings, he always does it a little differently. If you remember in scripture that the times where Jesus healed people, sometimes he put his hands on them. Sometimes he just sent his word. Sometimes he healed them through disciples. Sometimes he spit in their eyes. It's gross, but it was effective. Sometimes he put his finger in their ears. Sometimes he tells people in his word, go and wash and you'll be healed. The same is true in the middle of spiritual warfare. We can't approach it the same way every time. And this is why, because we fall in love with the pattern. God wants us to fall in love with him to listen to what he says. We cannot be so concerned with the pattern of how we're going to get what God says we can have that we forget to ask him how he wants us to do it. In the middle of spiritual warfare and the battles that you're going to fight this year, you're going to need to be able to connect with the power of the Holy Spirit to hear his voice so that you can do exactly what he tells you to do in order to have the victory that he wants you to have. I believe that this can be an incredible year of victory for you. I believe that the closer that you get to the Lord, the deeper that your relationship is, the closer that you walk with him, the more that you're hearing from him, you are going to find victory that you could not imagine. There are blessings that are insane good, but it's going to take us not falling in love with some pattern, not adding one plus one to get two every single time, but instead saying, okay, Lord, um, what are you asking me to do? And then following that up with obedience. Maybe a, maybe a cra- crazy concept to actually obey. Hey, we're from Texas. We don't obey nothing. We don't even obey traffic speed signs and stop signs. We don't obey none of that. It's a suggestion. (laughs) Obedience is perhaps the single most important tool in the middle of spiritual warfare. It is your biggest weapon, obedience. This is why your relationship with the Holy Spirit is so critical, so critical. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, God gives his blueprint for how to fight against your enemies, how to have warfare and win. 
And God makes this very, very clear that he wants us to do things a certain way. Now, this is not that he wants us to fall in love with some pattern, but he wants us to be obedient to approach it in the same way. Notice this in Deuteronomy chapter 20, starting in verse one. It says, when you go to war against your enemies, and this is what you're gonna see, horses and chariots and an army greater than yours. Thanks a lot, Lord. Why would you lead me to fight against enemies that are bigger and stronger and faster and more well-equipped than I am? God's like, because you have me. He said, this is what you're gonna see, armies that are bigger than yours. They're gonna have horses, they're gonna have chariots. He says, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God will be with you. That's so important for us to get that into our spirit today. Remind ourselves that God, he promised he's gonna be with us. When God sent his son, Jesus, to the earth, he says, his name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. I think that will change everything about your perspective if you just get a hold of that one concept, he's with me. You won't sin the same way if you know that God's with you. (laughs) It's true. Like, oh wait, Jesus is here? I better not be going, I can't do that. (laughs) So it says, I'm gonna be with you. When you're about to go into battle, the priest is gonna say, today, you're going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic. Do not be terrified by them. And this is the most important scripture I want you to see today. It says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. So he doesn't tell them exactly the tactics that they're gonna use because those tactics change all the time. The how always changes, but the what never changes. The why never changes. God's like, this is your promised land. This is your inheritance. I'm gonna send you there. You're gonna fight all kinds of enemies. They're gonna get more and more and more complicated. They're gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. But here's the most important thing. Don't be afraid. Listen to me and be obedient to what I tell you to do. Now, they, they got this. They understood it one time. And then the second time, they're like, you know what, God? That was a great victory that you just gave us, but this next city, it's really small. They don't really have much of an army and uh, we outnumber them. And they lost their first battle. They won and then they lost. And the difference was they forgot about obedience. The battles that you're gonna face this year in 2022 are gonna be won and lost based upon your obedience to what God is saying. It's easy for us to cherry pick scriptures in the middle of of spiritual warfare and say, I'm gonna be obedient to this and forget about the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you which one, which method, which pattern to follow. And this is critical in the lives of believers. This is why so many people don't have victory. They find themselves fighting the same battles the same way and experiencing loss and regret and wondering, where are you, God? You're supposed to be fighting my battles for me. But we never asked him, how? How? So as the children of Israel take this word from the Lord and they begin to walk into the promised land, they find themselves obedient, then disobedient. Then they finally had a great and powerful life lesson where the light bulb dawned and they realized, you know what? It's better if we just obey. It's better if we just do it God's way. We experience incredible victories if we just listen and obey. And what happens is they begin to take city after city, army after army, so that the other um, ites, and there's all kinds of ites living in the land, 
begin to join together. So instead of facing one king at a time, they start facing five at a time. And then 15 at a time. And then more and more and more, bigger and badder. I love how that, that still mirrors itself in our lives today. You know, I wish I fought some of, the, some of the simple lessons that I had to fight through when I was just a baby Christian. So easy. I'm like, oh, just pray about it. I know how to do that. Just do this. Just do that. Not a big deal. But you know, the, the battles that you're facing today will never be as simple as they are today. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. That's the most encouraging word I've heard all week long. I feel so good. Thanks a lot. No, it gets more and more complicated. Your enemy gets bigger and it gets badder. You have to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit to have victory. You have to have a relationship with the Lord. It is not going to be enough for you to just come to church on a Sunday and get a word from me. You don't need a word from me. You need a word from the Lord. This is why it's the most important thing that I can tell you to do. It's not, don't fall in love with me. I love you. That's great. Fall in love with Jesus. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can tell you what to do and when to do it. And my job as a pastor is to equip you to do what God is calling you to do. I want to show you how to do that. It's the most important thing I could teach you to fall in love with Jesus. Let him lead you. You can't go wrong. And so look at this in Joshua chapter 11. They have victory after victory. God is fighting for them. Crazy things are happening. And it says in verse one, when Jabin, the king of Hazor heard of this, he sent word to the other kings. This is over 15 kings. And they came out with all their troops and a large number of horses and chariots, a huge army, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. All these kings joined forces to fight against Israel. And the Lord said this to Joshua, do not be afraid of them because by this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them slain over to you. And then I want you to do this. I want you to hamstring those horses and burn those chariots. So Joshua and his whole army came against them suddenly and attacked them and the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. They defeated them and pursued them until no survivors were left. Joshua did to them, and this is really important, just as the Lord had directed. Just as the Lord directed. And he hamstrung their horses. He burned their chariots. So there are things that you can find at any church um, around the world today. Clear patterns of what to do when you're in spiritual warfare. I don't want to tell you about the patterns. I want you to instead to recognize the things that God is going to show you in the midst of warfare. The things that will help you to mature and recognize your maturity when you're walking through a battle. And in case you've been living under a rock, there's a lot of battles going on. There's a lot of things you're having to fight. I would venture a guess you're probably in the middle of a battle today. Focus on what are we learning here? What's God saying? What is he asking of me? And how am I responding? I wanna show you four things that begin to happen in our minds, in our lives, in our hearts, in our maturity as we're walking through warfare. As we're saying, okay, God, I see that you're fighting for me. What does that really mean? I wanna show you four things that begin to happen in our hearts. And this is gonna help you, I believe, to be able to face armies and take on battles of enemies that are way greater and stronger, bigger and faster than you but they're not greater, bigger, faster, or stronger than your God. What does it mean when he fights for me? Here's the first of four things that I wanna show you. Number one, when God is fighting for me, we turn fear to faith. We turn fear to faith. And there are a lot of things to be afraid of today. There were a lot of things that the children of Israel had to be afraid of. And God said it was gonna happen. You're gonna have armies bigger than yours. And they're gonna have 
horses and chariots. But don't be afraid of them. Don't be terrified. Don't be panicked. Don't be full of anxiety. Yes, there's a lot of things when you start looking around at our world today, things to be afraid of. God says, do not be afraid. Put your hope in me. Put your confidence in me. Listen to me. It's so critical for us not to fall in love with the pattern, but to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we cannot panic in the middle of the battles that we're going to face. You're going to face them. I'm going to face them. We're going to have them as a church. It's going to happen. What do you do? We turn fear to faith. God says, do not be afraid of them. He says it's over and over. God, that's easier said than done. Of course it is. But God listed, and I love the, the, just the verbiage that he uses. He uses it as a command. Do not. Just like the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not. It shows us that faith isn't a feeling. It's obedience to a command. That changes everything in the middle of spiritual warfare when you're like, I don't feel like I have a lot of faith right now. It's not a feeling. It's obedience to a direct order. That's warfare language. It's obedience to a command. God says, do not be afraid of their numbers. Don't be afraid of their chariots. Don't be afraid of their horses. As a matter of fact, he says, whenever you're finished with all this, hamstring those horses, burn those chariots. I don't want you putting your faith and your hope in chariots and horses. That's not how my people fight. They fight you in numbers. God says, hey, when you put 15 or 16 kings in army as numerous as the sand, you know what that looks like to me? Convenience. <laughs> we got them all together in the same place at the same time. It might be fear to us. It's convenience to God. He says, turn your fear into faith. I love that it shows us here that God never wanted his people to do warfare the way that others do, and he still doesn't. He still doesn't. We don't fight the same way. We don't use the same tactics. Psalm 20 verse seven says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, and not us, not us, not us. We, we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Where is your hope? Where is your trust? Where is your faith? Where is your confidence today? We don't fight the same way. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. This past week, we've been fighting so many battles and winning with things like fasting, which makes no sense in the modern day uh, world as, as ways to win a battle. Uh, making your physical body weaker? Yes. Things like prayer, talking to some imaginary being that makes you strong. Yes, it does. It's only imaginary to you. Doing things like repentance, saying you're sorry. What is that like? That's not a modern thing. Repentance, that's so retro. And it works. <laughs> the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. We don't fight battles the same way everybody else fights them and we were never supposed to. I wonder what battles are you fighting with the wrong tactics? What are some things that you, that you hoped to win against? What are you hoping that next year will not be the same? It'll be different. I won't be fighting the same struggles. I won't be fighting the same battles. It'll be different. And I wonder if we're, we're, we're busy fighting the same battles because we're using the wrong tactics. 
listening to the Lord will help us fight the right battle the right way. So number one, we turn fear to faith. Here's number two. This is what happens in our hearts when God is fighting for us. We find hope where there was dread. You know, never in my life have I seen so much dread than the past two years. It seems like at the, the, that, that light at the end of every tunnel was just a train coming back at you. Like, great. It's not a light at the end of the tunnel. It's an oncoming train. What can happen next? Dread. Dread and fear. But God shows us something completely different in the middle of warfare that the Israelites were fighting through. He shows them this, and he, he, he says it in this powerful statement. By this time tomorrow. Saying there's going to be a new day. There's going to be a whole new attitude. I want you to know this. God can do a lot in 24 hours. God can change the world in 24 hours. God can snap his fingers and do things that Thanos on his best day couldn't do. Somebody say amen. Talk about the snap. God can do incredible things. I've seen this to be true in my own life. I remember at the end of my first marriage when my wife had, had left me, when I was looking at my two children and thinking, how in the world am I going to recover from this? My wife became addicted to meth and had left us. And all of a sudden in one day, like my entire world came crashing down. All the things that I thought were kind of wrong in my mind, I realized I was right. And they just began to make sense. You ever been in a place where all your worst fears became realities? You ever been there where you fought through a battle and you fought through another battle and you fought through another one and things that you thought you, you could put them away in the back of your mind all of a sudden, you're Right? I remember that was payday, and I thought, I would bet she's probably cleaned out our bank accounts. I would bet there's probably some debt here. I would bet there's probably some mispayments, because if, if drugs are at the center of the issue, and I know this because I'm a former addict, then there's probably a lot of debt. Drugs and debt go hand in hand. Somebody needs to hear that today. They go hand in hand. And we were already negative in our bank account. Not, not, not even leaving me with nothing, less than nothing. <laughs> Negative. When you look at your credit card statements and see thousands of dollars into debt and you call your landlord and said, hey, I, I, this is what I told her. I'm so sorry. I know that rent is due today, but I, I don't know how I'm gonna pay this. Give me a couple of days and I'll see if I can't figure something out. I'm super sorry. I've got a lot of things going on right now. I can't really go into details, but I, I can't make rent right now. Just give me a few days if you would. Give me some grace and I'll figure this out. And she says, you haven't paid rent to me in months. You've been living free there for a long time. I've just been nice to you. Wow. Ever been there where your world crashes down? Where the day seems like it's never gonna end? Like it could not get, it could not get any worse? I want you to know that in 24 hours, God began to show me his power, began to show some supernatural things that I could not have made happen on my best day. I remember walking to the end of our sidewalk and looking at the street and sitting down on my curb, putting my head in my hands and just began to weep and cry. And the enemy comes in in those moments and says things like, welcome to your new normal. This is the way it's always gonna be. You ever heard that? It'll never get any better. You're stuck. You're done. You're finished. There is no light at the end of this tunnel and dread and fear take over. Anxiety becomes reality. And it's not just a feeling, it becomes your world. 
And I remember my, my phone began to, began to buzz in my pocket and I thought, I don't wanna talk to people right now because I knew for sure that in my worst moments, you know what's gonna happen? The people that I'm in ministry with are gonna ask, hey, can you show up and do this for, for somebody else? And I'm thinking, I got nothing left to give you. I can't give anything right now. I don't wanna talk to anybody. I wanna isolate and be, be alone. I wanna have my pity party. I'm like Job and my life is over. You guys go pick on somebody else. Ended up answering my phone anyway. Hey, what can I do for you? Heard somebody say, I've been praying for you all day. I can't get you off of my heart. <clears throat> Sorry, give me a minute. I can't get you off my heart. I have to send you some money. I don't even know what's going on, but there's a check for you that's on its way. And someone else said, hey, I, I've never sent money Western Union before, but the Lord will not let me go to sleep today because you've been on my heart all day long. I'm, I have no idea what you're walking through. I don't know, but I'm sending you some money <laughs> that had never happened before in my life until that day. You know what it's like to feel something fighting for you when you can't fight for yourself? When you know that the Lord is real and more than just a theory, but God can do more in 24 hours than we can on our best day. And when you're at your lowest, he does his best work. In those moments, I'm like, okay, God, I got nothing left. I am down to nothing. I'm down to less than nothing. But it didn't intimidate God in those moments. He shows up and begins to show and prove his love for you. And let me hear, please, please hear this today. It's not because I'm special. It's because he is. He's a good God that does good things for his people. Trust him. In the moments that we're at our lowest, hope shows up. And God says, this is, this is not your new normal. It won't always be this way. God begins to say things like, by this time tomorrow, things will be different. I believe that for many of us, you know, hope is that last thing that we're holding on to. I'll say it this way, hope is the last thing ever lost. You can't afford to, to lose hope. It's easy for God's people to lose hope in these situations. In the midst of warfare and loss and grief and despair, hope is something that we have to hang on to. Psalm 30 says, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help. He's our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Somebody needs to hold on to that scripture this week. You're fighting through something. Put your hope in the Lord. Here's the third thing that God reminds them of and shows them that something that begins to happen inside of their heart. It still happens in our hearts as we're walking through something, as God is fighting our battles. Number three, we begin to think generationally. Now, the... The common way when you're walking through times of, of darkness and loss and, and, and the, the depths of despair, the common response is to isolate, to be alone, and to worry about your own self. <laughs> worry about yourself. But God tells them this. Whenever you go in to fight against these guys, about this time tomorrow, they're all gonna be dead. And those chariots and those horses all the things they put their trust in, the massive numbers. No, no, no. This is what I want you to do. Burn those chariots. Hamstring those horses. 
because I don't want your children fighting the same battles with the same people. As a matter of fact, God says, leave no survivors. Wipe them out. I wonder how many battles are you fighting because the generations before refused to face them? Let me take it a next step and just in, and step on your toes for a moment. How many battles were your children have to fight that you could have given them victory over? God hates everything that threatens his redemptive purpose. And for some of us, you know exactly what that looks like in your own life. It's a habit that you just can't seem to, to turn over to the Lord. It's a battle that you're fighting through that you're just trying to fight on your own. It's this private struggle. It may look like sexual sin. It may look like pornography. It may look like an addiction. It may look like fear or rage or malice or racism. All these ugly things that plague God's people, these private wars that we fight, thinking that we can handle it on our own. Things that have been given to you by others and things that we pass on to our children. God says, no, your inheritance, your promised land, what I want for your children and and your grandchildren and their children is freedom that comes from you fighting the battles that others refuse to face. Yes, there are things that run in your family. But I love this quote. It says, yeah, it ran in my family until it ran into me. I'm not gonna ignore these things, but I'm going to allow the Lord to do his work in me to take on the battles that look bigger and stronger and badder than me. It ran in my family until it ran into me. I found this to be true, that when we fight for more than just ourselves, we find strength that we didn't know we had. You ever heard of of mama bear strength? You ever seen that? You ever had those moments where you're like, I didn't know I was that strong. It almost always coincides with you saving your children. You ever seen this? I've seen people like, there's videos of people picking up cars when a child is trapped there. It's like insane strength. I remember one time we were on a, uh, I'll say this really quickly. We were on one of those um, whitewater rafting trips and said, oh, this is just a level four. I'm thinking, what's a level four? That sounds cool. I'm, I'm a level 10 kind of guy. I was not a level 10 kind of guy. I was a level 10 in confidence and a level one expert whitewater rafter. Take my whole family down this thing. This, this was insane. I, I had no idea if a level four is big or not. I just know it was bigger than me. And we come down this one pipeline and there's water going everywhere and this boats are spinning and, and, and flipping over. People are screaming and falling out. And I'm thinking, this is, this is not my thing. And I, it wouldn't be such a big deal if it was only me or just a guy's trip because you can kind of macho your way through it. But I have my children here and they're like six and eight years old. This is not safe for children. I shouldn't have done this. And so there's all kinds of rocks and water going everywhere, boats flipping over. And the lady's like, go left, go left, go left. I'm like, is it your left or my left? I don't know. I'm rowing like this. Is that left or right? I don't understand. What does that mean? Some of you are like, are you kidding me? This is how you, like, I don't know. We, my people are Mexican people. We don't whitewater raft. We, that's, that's not our sport. We're, we're soccer. And NFL kickers, and that's it. Baseball, maybe. But our, our boat hits the bottom of, of, of this drop, and it just comes straight up out of the water. And of course, people are falling back. I'm in the back. My son takes a big spill into this water, which is like 48 degrees, super, super cold. And I remember looking down. You know, I'm looking at the sun right here and looking back at nothing but water as people are falling on me, and I see my son go to the bottom of the river. And as soon as he hits the bottom of the river, his eyes come 
completely open. He takes a big gasp because it's so cold. And I'm like, I'm about to watch my son drown. And everyone else is so preoccupied with themselves that no one's going to help me. And in those moments, it's like, how do I find the strength to not just worry about myself, but to think about my son? And I see him struggling at the bottom of this river. And I reach down at the bottom of the river, grab his life jacket, pick him up one-handed and sling him back into the boat. I have no idea how I did that. You can look at my arms. There is, there's not a lot of strength there. I'm more wiry than anything else. But in those moments, I found strength I didn't know I had because I was thinking generationally. And you'll find in the middle of spiritual warfare, if you'll get out of this mindset where it's all about me and what I'm walking through and start thinking about, I'm fighting for my children and my children's children, you'll find strength you didn't know you had. Don't refuse to fight the battles that others have handed you that were not your fault, but they're your fate. God says, leave no survivors. And don't fight the same way that everybody else fights. Don't allow those horses, those big bad war horses and chariots, don't give those to your children. Give them a relationship with me. Tell them about the time that I came through on your behalf. And you begin to think generationally. And here's the last thing I wanna close out with this. When God is fighting our battles, we, number four, we go on the offensive. It says they marched all night and they attacked them. (laughs) Wow. We have a tendency to be defensive in our strategy. Well, the devil's just attacking me. What if this was a year where I'm just attacking the devil? I'm bringing the fight to him because I'm listening to the Lord. I'm not just turning my back and hunkering down, waiting for the next storm to blow over. I'm going on the offensive. Now, going on the offensive, once again, is not something where we say, I'm gonna do this and this to get this. Because God's way of being offensive is completely different to man's ways. And he tells them that the pattern is obedience to me. When God calls his children to walk into warfare, he says, now this battle, I want you to just walk around the walls and say nothing. There's some times where God says, in this battle, I want you to be still. There's some battles he says, in this one, I want you to raise a huge shout. Sometimes he says, I want you to attack from the left. Sometimes he says, I want you to look like you're full of fear and run this way until they come out. I want you to notice that God never does the same, way, the same thing the same way. He doesn't want us to fall in love with the pattern. He wants us to listen to him. Listen to him. The greatest weapon in spiritual warfare is obedience. Please hear me. Obedience. What are you saying, Lord? And how can I make sure that I do exactly what you say? And God began to give them victory that they could not get on their own. Supernatural things began to happen. Breakthroughs after breakthroughs. Walls began to fall down. One scripture in in Joshua 10 says, the sun stood still. Like we don't have enough time to defeat our entire enemy. Okay, let me give you an extra hour or two. Hailstones in one scripture, began to fall on the enemy. Another, another verse in one battle says, they turned on each other. Another one says, the angel of the Lord came through and wiped them out. Powerful things begin to happen when we go on the offensive in obedience-led ways. Our offense looks different than what you think, but our offense comes from obedience to the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And God's word proves one thing to be true, and I'll finish out with this. When you're on the Lord's side, defeat is the only thing that's not possible. So don't ask the question, is, is the Lord on my side? The better question is, am I on his side? Joshua meets the angel of the Lord. He says, are you with us or against us? Neither. I'm the angel of the Lord. I'm not with you or against you. The point is, are you with me? Are you in relationship with me? I believe that God is calling us deeper than we have ever been before to a stronger relationship with God than you have ever had. What does that mean? It means I'm gonna spend time in his word asking every time I open up God's word, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you tell me what to do? God, would you give me wisdom? The book of James says, if you ask for wisdom from the Lord and you believe in your heart, you don't doubt, he's gonna give you exactly what you're asking for. You're gonna face battles this year. I wonder how many of those that we faced before, we just, we fought the wrong way. The battles that we faced this year, I think you need to get your hopes up because we're gonna fight them differently. We're gonna let obedience lead the way. What is God saying? What does his word say? What is he saying to me? And do I have the faith to step out and do it? That's all I have from the Lord to give you today. If you go ahead and put away your Bibles, close your phone apps, and let's just get a moment of of honesty and reflection before the Lord as we finish up. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna invite you to, to say a very, very simple prayer in response to this message. And the prayer is this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? The battles will come this year. But I believe that this is a year where you're not gonna fight the same old battles. There are new battles to be fought. There's new ground to be taken. There's new victories to be won. And God himself fights for you. He is with you. He wants to lead you. He's not your co-pilot. He's the leader. He wants to help you. Will you let him? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I believe if I've done my job correctly today, that our response should be, Lord, I don't want to spend the rest of my my year fighting battles that I could have avoided. Show me what to do and how to do it. And I will be obedient to whatever you say to do. Let me pray for you today. Father God, I pray that for every single person within the sound of my voice and for those that are watching online, I pray that this would be the year of unparalleled victory where we would mature and fight and walk in obedience to you and to your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to every part of our lives. Would you speak and give us wisdom and understanding so that we could win? Father, I pray that we would fight battles so our children wouldn't have to and give them victory that they didn't have to earn but they get to enjoy the blessings of. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give one appeal as we finish up today to anyone that's listening to my voice today that would say, Pastor, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure what happens at the end of my life. I don't know. Or there may be some others that are in a different category. Perhaps you've walked with God before, but you've gotten away from him. Maybe you were raised in church you've gotten away from God and you know that you need to come home. 
the method for both of those categories is the same. It's a prayer of repentance, a prayer of invitation into relationship with Jesus. And if that's you and that's what you want, I want to help you do that just like someone helped me one time. I want you to help, help you take that step of faith. You may say, how, how do I do that? What do I say? Repeat this prayer after me. I'll help you. The prayer goes like this. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Come on, friend, pray with me. I believe that you came, you died, you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Will you forgive me? Save me. Now say this, my friend. Say, Lord, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you and you prayed that prayer with me, I want to invite you to just slip your hand up all over this place. That was me, Pastor. I prayed that prayer. Good. That was me, Pastor. If you're watching online, I would love to connect with you. I believe that you had just made the single greatest decision that you could ever make by praying that prayer. Would you text me? Let me know by way of text what just happened, and then I'll send you back some responses that will help you. It would be my greatest honor to help you take your next step of faith. The easiest way to do that is by texting, I prayed, all is one word, to this number, 844-HRC-TEXT. 844-HRC-TEXT. And I'll take it from there. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Well, Highridge family, would you go ahead and look up at me, then stand to your feet. And for those of you watching online, I want to say thank you for giving us your time today. If you would do me a huge favor and click the share button at the bottom of your screen, that would mean the world to all of us. It's such a big honor every week when people take the message, the things that are happening here in Longview, Texas, to the uttermost parts of the world, and we're watching God bring us unparalleled fruit from that. Thank you for being obedient, for being willing to trust us with your social media. It's a big deal. Our elders and their wives are stepping forward to be available for prayer for anyone that might need it before you go today. We would love to pray for you. Let me bless you and send you out. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I pray that they would have an incredible week hearing from you, fighting the battles your way. Would you give them victory in every area of their life? In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week. Go Cowboys. Come on, somebody. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.